Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Let me space here. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. This is part 5. This is the concluding message of my opening, this first series of the year on what does our, our church stand for? New Hope Vision 2014. Last week, we talked about how through Jesus we get grace and truth. Not just grace without truth, nor truth without grace, but grace and truth. And a very important implication is that it produces hearts of people that are secure yet vulnerable. And this is how we treat one another in our relationships. Today, I want to talk about something very, this is to conclude this opening series. I want to talk about um, something called, I want to, this phrase, what does it mean that from his fullness we receive grace upon grace? The focus of today's message is going to be on verse 16. I'm pre- pretty much primarily going to be preaching from verse 16. I'm going to read the whole text to you as I've been doing throughout the weeks, and, but we're going to focus on verse 16, that Jesus from his fullness received grace upon grace. Let me, uh, hear, this is the word of God, verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through Him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because He was before me. And from His fullness, here we are, from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Let's pray for today's message. Grace upon grace. That's what we get from the fullness of Jesus. And Lord, I pray you would stir us there are people who are in our church, Lord. They are, they are tired. Some are physically tired. And there are some who are weary in their spirit, spiritually tired, Lord. And there are some who are running, running, and they are working very hard out of their own strength. But Lord, in that, I pray that today you would drive us to the fullness of you so that we receive in that tiredness grace upon grace, Lord. I pray that uh, you would take this message and 
you would take my lips and uh, we would hear from you today. We would hear all that we need, that through the fullness of Jesus, there is a grace that just more than we can even imagine can be given to us. Help cause us to believe this and help us to believe this and help us to receive this and then to respond to you through obedience, through faith. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Three parts, as I usually do. Part one, sanctification by grace. Many of you know that salvation is by grace. Many of you know that you have been justified by the blood of Jesus, washing you so you can be forgiven by grace. But today I want to talk about sanctification by grace. That's part one. Part two, grace motivation versus Phariseeism. Grace, motivation versus Phariseeism. And part three, I'm going to call it doubling down. For 2014, I call it doubling down. Um, start off this message when I talk about sanctification by grace. What are churches about? Uh, I'm going to tell you something that's really, that you're wondering, what is Pastor Susan trying to achieve in this church? What does he want to happen in this church? Let me tell you the number one, like, ultimate goal that I'm seeking to actually happen in this church. Um, just, just lay it out here right now. The thing that I look for and that I want to happen in this church and that I want to happen in your heart is grace motivation. That's what I call it. That you would be motivated to obey Jesus Christ by grace. That's, what, that's, that's, that's the goal, right? And... Um, and I think today's passage, today's verse especially, is just very, very relevant to this question. It says, from his fullness, from the fullness of Jesus, we receive grace upon grace. You know, um, a lot of people come to church, and uh, grace motivation, what, you, what is that, Pastor? What are you, what are you talking about? Grace motivation. Um, when a lot of people come to church, you're motivated to come to church and do things as a Christian for lots of different reasons. And a lot of people, when they come to church, uh, you're, you're, I'm a solid Christian, I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Bible, I believe all that stuff. Um, some of you are like, you're like eh, I'm not a Christian, and I don't know if I believe in any of this. And some of you are like, mm, kind of a wishy-washy, not so good Christian, okay? A lot of people come to church to get something from Jesus, and it's different some aspects. But a lot of people... You know that, and I'm not trying to get on my hard horse or anything. We're just talking about your average, run-of-the-mill, regular, decent sinner. <laughs> okay? I'm not talking about your Hitler or your sociopath, your, your sociopathic, um, you know, like serial murder here, okay, that we all know is like evil. Okay, they're evil. We're not, we're not talking about that. We're just talking about the nice person that you know. You, maybe, right? Your regular... Average Joe, fallen, you know, self-righteous in this, a little BSE in that. <laughs> Good intentions. You're generally a nice person when you're when when you're not sick or cranky, or or stressed. And you're just your regular, average, general sinner person. You come to Jesus, and you know what most people want? You just only want a little bit of God. That's what most of us want. You want a little bit of God, and if you know that you get God through Jesus Christ, most of us, we just want some of Jesus. 
You come to church. We come to church. A lot, uh, many of you, at some point in your life, you gave your life to Jesus because you heard that you were a sinner, and you're like, man, I know. <laughs> I know. And there was a part of your life that was secret or dark, and you knew that sin, man, it's, gosh, that's, I'm messed up there. I am a sinner. And you heard that it's through Jesus that he washes you. And if you believe in him, you'll be forgiven and you can be accepted by God. You'll be forgiven. And that was the most incredible thing. You came to Jesus, and what did you get from Jesus? You get forgiveness from Jesus. Incredible thing. But that's kind of mostly what you got. Like, I just want to be accepted by God. I want some acceptance. I want some forgiveness. And then I want to get to go to heaven. And you know what? I want, to, I want to challenge you today. As incredible as that is, as wonderful as that is, as absolutely stupendous as that is, you still only got some of Jesus. You're only getting a little of Jesus. Let me, let me tell you different sets of people. Some other people come to church, their life is obviously hurting. In some place or another, there's something wrong. Okay? Um, classic examples. People's marriage is falling apart. Someone's their, their marriage is hurting, and they, they're like, oh, somebody, it's, don't those people at church know something? My pastor maybe knows something. Okay, maybe not my pastor, the pastor. There are sometimes people who come to church. <laughs> um, there's a guy who doesn't go to our church. He knew of me through my dad, and because I'm a pastor, you know what he did? He called me up to get marital advice. <laughs> that was weird. He doesn't, he doesn't I does not go to church. <laughs> Uh, his wife does not go to church. Um, but just because he knows I'm a pastor and he knows me through my dad, he called me up and then I had, and then he, and then I had coffee with him and then he poured out his uh, marital problems to me. I mean, there are people who come to Jesus for that reason. That's why they go to church. Sometimes they come to church or sometimes they just bug you and come for coffee, okay? Um, but they're looking to Jesus because they have a, a deep need and they know the Bible. They have a hole. They have a clear wound in their life. And Jesus has wisdom. Jesus has power. The people who have Jesus, they know Jesus, they, they can help you. And, and that's good. And that's, that's what they do. Some people come to church because they're depressed. Because they're lonely. Because they're sad. Because they, have, they lack hope. And they go, so, you know those people at church? They seem a little more joyful. And they have some hope, don't they? And, and the Bible's supposed to offer you some, some words of hope. And they come. And what they're looking for is primarily, if I go to Jesus, then I'll get some hope, right? You know what? It's great. And this is why we do ministry. The average, regular Joe, decent guy, sinner, fallen person, you know what? They, they're not looking for God, really. <laughs> they're just looking for some fixes. And actually, most people are just looking for a little bit of God, if that... And even a lot of Christians who even go to church very regularly are still, and you don't do this on purpose. We don't do this on purpose. We just want a piece of Jesus. It's incredible to get a piece of Jesus. There was a woman in the Bible. She had this blood problem. It doesn't exactly describe it. I mean, you know, scholars speculate she had some kind of menstrual issue, okay? She... She didn't have the, the confidence to actually meet Jesus. You know what she did? In a crowd, she stuck her hand out, and she just touched the hem of Jesus' clothes. I mean, that's, that's about as getting as little of Jesus as you can get. <laughs> she touched 
the hem of Jesus' clothes, and you know what happened to her? She got miraculously healed. A little bit of Jesus. It's an incredible thing to get a little bit of Jesus. But today, I want to ask you to say that sometimes you're coming and you're only getting a, a little piece of Jesus. Actually, what you should seek is the whole of Jesus. All of Jesus. The fullness of Jesus. In this church, we want to pursue all of Jesus. A lot of churches, they do various different kinds of ministry, and we need to do this because people are not seeking God. <laughs> I mean, one of the reasons, we're going we're gonna to have this uh, guest speaker here next week. There are people out there who are wrestling with pornography. Maybe in here, they're wrestling with pornography. They will come here if they find out that Jesus has something to, to help them with pornography. Hmm? But they will come here for that reason, but they're still only getting some of Jesus, a piece of Jesus. But we do this. Because we want a lot of people. But do you know that a lot of people came to Jesus this way? In the Gospels, Jesus would go preach and he would, go, he would hang out at people's houses and they would, he would go to dinners and he would heal. And a lot of people came to Jesus. You know why they came to him? They came to him because he fed them. They came to him because he was a good, he talked well. Hey, he's a good preacher. He's a lot more interesting than, than that bozo at the synagogue. Let's go listen to this Jesus guy. They, liked, they went to him because he, he had miracles. They went to him because they were lepers. Today, there are social lepers today. If you go around telling everybody, hey, I spend hours and hours on porn every day, you know what you'll become? You'll become a social leper. And that's what happens. And so these people would come to Jesus, and he would heal them. He would do something miraculous, power, right there. But then, you know what? Over time, as Jesus would do his ministry, you know what would happen? people would begin to leave. They would begin to get offended by Jesus. They would get tired of being around Jesus. They got some piece of Jesus, some little bit of Jesus. But then as they started getting more and more of Jesus, they were like, oh, I don't know if that's for me. They got tired of Jesus. But actually what we need is the fullness of Jesus, all of Jesus. Now I'm going to give you, I want to give you a brief theology lesson. Okay, okay, put on your little thinking caps here. It won't be that hard, okay? Um, I'm entitled this first part of my message, Sanctification by Grace. I'm going to teach you three vocabulary words here. Many of you who grew up in the church, you already know what sanctification means. So let me tell you what it means. Sanctification means how God changes you to make you more and more holy and beautiful, more beautiful, wonderful human being, to image God, to image Jesus Christ. That's what sanctification is. Every person who believes in Jesus, God is going to sanctify you. <laughs> Sometimes painfully. <laughs> I mean, he didn't make you to be a nice block of marble. He's going to make you glorious. And he'll chip that marble away until you become glorious. That's sanctification. A lot of people believe that when I come to Jesus, I get saved by grace. But what a lot of people do not often get is, they go, how do you change? Well, you change because you have to start to obey. And you obey and believe. And you start doing all the things that the Bible tells you to do. Come to church. Pray. Read the Bible. Share, share the gospel with people who don't know. Um, sacrifice for the people who are hurting and who are poor, etc. Right? Like, a lot of people think this is the way we grow, right? This is the way we change. So a lot of people think you get saved by grace. But then... 
Sanctification, growing and changing? Oh, that, that's on me. That's by works. No. No, no, no. It is by grace. Grace upon grace. Now let me teach you two, two more vocabulary words. Some of you have heard this word. Maybe some of you have heard this word. Have you ever heard this word, imputation? Anybody ever heard this word, imputation? <laughs> imputation means this. It's, a, it's kind of a technical word that theologians like to use. When you ex- ask, Jesus, ask Jesus to be your Savior, you know what happens? This is what happens. All your sin and all your self-righteousness, which is sin, <laughs> your righteousness, which is actually sin, okay? That's, that's kind of wild. You're the best of your righteousness, it's sin, okay? Your, all your decency, sin. Mm-hmm. Your sin and your righteousness you know what? It gets credited to, it gets accounted to, it gets imputed. That's what the word means. Impute means credited to Jesus. That's why God crushed him on the cross. Not because he's a sinner, but because our sins are on him. When God looks at his account, he's like saying, there's a lot of sin on there. The sins of the whole the world. Your sins, my sins. It's imputed to him. That's why he died for them. He died. It's on him. It's on him. But then, when you ask Jesus to be your Savior, another imputation happens. Christ, all, he lived the life we should have lived, all his righteousness, all his worthiness, all the beauty of the kind of human being he is, it's imputed to you. It's credit to you. Theologians call this the great exchange. You know what? This is a once and for all event The moment you genuinely asked Jesus to be your Savior, this happened. All your dirt and slime, it died with him on the cross. Imputation on him. All his tremendous righteousness is imputed to you. When God looks at you on judgment day, he's going to see you in Christ. All his righteousness, you're clothed in that righteousness. Once and for all, you can never be more imputed of his righteousness tomorrow than you are today, than you when you first, it's just once and for all, it's done deal. The only way you get this, you know how you get it? By grace. You can't deserve it. You cannot earn it. God just gives it to you. You don't deserve it. He just gave it to you. We call this grace. It's imputation. It's once and for all. You cannot get it any more than you already have now. But let me give you one more word. So another word starts with I, impartation. Have you ever heard this word? Impartation. If you are going to get the fullness of Jesus, there's a lot of good doctrinally sound church. Actually, imputation of Christ's righteousness, our sins on him and his righteousness, a lot of churches don't even teach that very well. Uh, that's, that right there is not taught by a lot of churches, although it's profound scripture. It cuts right to the core of the gospel. But even if you go to a good church that preaches that, and our church teaches that, you still only have a piece of Jesus. If you want the fullness of Jesus, you know what Jesus also does? He imparts. He does impartation. He doesn't only impute his righteousness to you. He does impartation. What's impartation? What's impartation is this. Christ's heart is imparted into your heart. Christ's righteousness, which makes him more and more deeply, beautifully human, is imparted into your heart. 
You know how it happens? Because Christ's Spirit is imparted into you and comes alive in you. So that in your account, on judgment, God looks at you. You're righteous in Christ. But you're like, every day I, I still kind of suck. But actually, what God is doing is, it doesn't mean that only God is going to now, on judgment day, is because you, the righteousness of Christ is imputed to you. You know what's actually going to happen? He's actually going to put the Christ-likeness in you. That's through impartation. And let me tell you this. Impartation is not once and for all. You know how you know, often that happens? All the time. It's day by day, little bit by little bit. It's like eating. It's like sleeping. You know how impartation happens? It happens by obedience. It happens by believing. It happens by obedience through faith. That's how it happens. This is how we get the whole Jesus the fullness of Jesus. And he starts flowing into you. And you start, at first you're thinking, oh, but this is, this is how it happens. And it happens because you, you follow, you start, you start following Jesus, obeying Jesus, believing in all the things he asks you to do. Do this, follow me, try this. You begin to do this by faith. Impartation of Christ's heart starts to come into your life. And then you start being sanctified by grace, not by works. Now, if you're going to get the fullness of Christ, and it happens day by day, and, it actually, and it's part and parcel of how you obey, that leads to a problem. <laughs> okay, it leads to a problem. That leads to part two of my message. Okay, here's the problem. Part two. I entitled part two, grace motivation versus Phariseeism. I started off this message by telling you, just right off, what is the goal? What's my goal in this church? What's the goal of our church? Look, a lot of churches will teach a message, uh, a, a, a proclamation of salvation by grace. But then when they actually seek to get their people to change, you know how they, are, they actually operationally, they might even have the right doctrine, sanctification by grace, but operationally, they start giving people the impression, you're changing your sanctification, it's going to be by works. This is the problem. You're going to change because Christ's heart is going to be imparted to you. How is that heart imparted to you? You go and worship. You go to your community group. You read his word. You pray. You obey. You start living for him. You start piece by piece, you start sacrificing for him. You start doing these things. And his heart starts being imparted to you bit by bit. But the, thing, the problem with that is, it looks like you're doing it. That's what's the problem. It looks like you're working. I have to go do something, right? So if I go do something, then isn't that mean, that means I'm, cha- I'm the one doing the changing, right? Wrong. A lot of churches think, Receive Jesus by grace. Okay, now you need to change. So now do, and then they give you this list of stuff to do. And then here's what happens. You get this list of stuff to do. Okay, you first become a Christian, and then I'm going to, okay, i got to start being a Christian. So then you start doing the things that Christians do, because that's what Jesus calls us to do. In the Bible, he commands us to do these things. Here's what happens. We start. Okay, I'm going to read the Bible, I'm going to pray, I'm going to start obeying God. And then, and then after about a week, some people start dropping out. (laughs) After about two months, some people start dropping out. After about a year, they drop out. 
And then after a year, you still got, you got the stalwarts. They're like, I'm still doing it. I'm a good Christian, right? Hey, and then they look at all the people who are dropping out. Hey, you're not doing it anymore. You, you, you used to read the Bible. You used to hear quiet time. You used to come to church every week. You used to love Jesus, but more and more you look tepid and lukewarm and sometimes even just darn fish cold. I mean, a real Christian, you're not. Because I'm still doing it. You know who all the people who think like that? They're not being Christians. You know what they're practicing? Phariseeism. They're being really good Pharisees. Because if you're doing it, and you're getting like, you're starting to think, I'm the good Christian, you're not, because you're doing it. You know what you're practicing? You're not practicing sanctification by grace, transformation by grace. You're practicing works. (laughs) Change by works. Good Christianity by works, which is not even real good Christianity. It's actually not Christianity. It just looks like it from the outside. It's very hard. Our eyes see work, something you got to do, something I have to do, and we start thinking it's by works. Let me tell you something. Um, These are the two typical responses. On the one hand, well, let's just keep trying harder, and we'll prod prod the person harder. Let's zap them harder. Let's try again. Let's try again. Let's try again. And after a while, there's like, well, you can zap me a thousand more times, it ain't going to work. But the, the people who keep prodding, 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 because we just got to just ramp up the works motivation. We got to ramp up the works motivation. You're only asking people to be good Pharisees. But actually, there's a whole other set of people. So call this the good Pharisees. <laughs> call them the hardworking Pharisees. But there's another, the other camp of people. And so let's just use, like, say, quiet time, right? Doing devotions. And you guys know what this is like. Almost all of us, probably all of us, you know, you, you start off going, okay, I'm going I'm to go pray and read the Bible every day. And then, and then that lasts about five days. And then the following week, you know, you're, you're like three out of five. In our church, we don't even ask you to do seven days. We ask you to do five days. <laughs> and, and, uh, and most of us, we make it through two, we do two out of five, okay? And even when we did two out of five, one of them was like in the car in a rush. You know, you guys know what that's like, right? You're like, well, where's that Bible verse? Okay, just read it real fast, okay? Off my phone. It's on the iPhone. Okay, good, cool. It's in my read it. Red light, okay, read the verse. <laughs> okay? Red light, read the verse. Okay, hope I get something out of it. Oh, geez, help me get something. Okay, green light. <laughs> I'm going to drive forward, okay? This is like how quiet time happens once every couple weeks, okay? And you guys know what this is like. And, and the people, they, 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 we, we get discouraged in all kinds of different ways because we're distracted. Because we just feel down. Because, uh, it's, because we're lazy. <laughs> all, right? all kinds of different reasons. Or just, we just don't have enough Oh, we've got to do it again. But here we go. It's one more thing we've got to do. It's like, it's like eating your peas and doing your push-ups. <laughs> or something like that. You know what that is? It's by works. All the people here are like, oh, you know, I'm burned out, I'm tired. You know, you know what that is? That's soft Phariseeism. Because in your mind, the change in who you are 
is by works, not by grace. Here's how impartation works. Um, uh, my, uh, when, when, whenever some of us, you know, the, the community group leaders, and you know, we get together and we talk sometimes about, just to give you this example, since I'm talking about quiet times, and, we, and in our community groups we discuss, so this is the question we like to ask. What did the Lord say to you this week in quiet time? That's, that's it. It's a simple question, right? That's all we're, we're going to get together, and then we're going to talk about that. And, and then this is what happens. And then we know, anyone do quiet on Monday? Did the Lord say anything to you on Monday? Mm, the room is kind of quiet. <laughs> and I, hey, what'd you get out of that? And kind of prod the discussion, and sometimes that happens. And we know. You don't think Doak, John, I, <laughs> we, we know that this is the way it is. And then, but then this is what happens. So then, we get to Thursday. Anyone do Thursday? And then somebody who normally is really quiet, who, who, who usually goes, oh, I don't, you know, I don't do quiet times, and if I do, why would anyone want to hear what I said? Okay? Because I'm one of these schmucks that does it in the car, <laughs> if at all. <laughs> right? So I can't really share, because that would, you know, I'm, I'm too ungodly to really share. So, but so then on Thursday, but then they, cause, because we're asking, they're like, well, verse 4, this is what I got out of verse 4. It says that God is my rock, and so, you know, like, I've been feeling that I'm so shaky, and I was, when I read that, it, I felt like, I felt like, I just felt like, I wasn't sure if this was actually happening, I felt like God was saying to me that he's still there for me. And then you know what dope John and I do? Like, awesome! <laughs> that is awesome! And, and, and some of you know what you think? This is what you see with your eyes. You know what you think? You're thinking, oh, they're just being condescending. <laughs> they're just, you know, you know like, uh, they're treating us like babies. No, that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing. You know what we're doing? We know that at that moment, when that person read verse 4, you know what happened? Impartation happened. That's what happened. Jesus put his heart in that person through verse 4 that day. Maybe in your car, looking at your iPhone, doing what you thought was a really crummy, quiet time. You know what happened? Impartation happened. That's what happened. That's how it happens. It's not because you do it right. It's not because you do it well. It's not because you're good at it. As soon as you start thinking, I'm really good at it, that's because I'm a good Christian. Let me just translate that. That thought goes through your mind. <laughs> translate, oh, wait a second. Pastor Susan told me I'm, I'm being a really good Pharisee. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, this is what Christianity's like. We first hear, you're saved by grace. Justification by grace. Imputation by grace. Wonderful. <laughs> Give me a little bit of Jesus. Great. We don't know how to get the full Jesus. And then he says, follow me, obey me, trust me, believe me. It's all right here in black and white. Grace upon grace. That's what it says. That's what it says. But that's not what we think. We start trusting our eyes, and we start doing, it's by works. Okay, so we're going to do the work. <laughs> all of you good A student types, cross your T's and dot your I's. 
And then all of you more C minus types, you're like, <laughs> but then we, so then what, what do so many Christians do? We start practicing soft Phariseeism and hard Phariseeism. When you're in that place, you're walking by works, not by grace. The obedience is not because you do it right. The obedience is because you believe when I go there, Christ will impart himself to me. See, pastors call these, you know, you know what pastors call church? Worship, sacrament, word, quiet time, communion. You know what we call this? We call this means of grace. Not all the works that make you a good Christian. We call it means of grace. You want the full Jesus? Go to all the means of grace and obey them. But not, not because you've got you to gotta be, you gotta get an A. Not because he'll cast you out, because you're never going to get cast out. You get it? His righteousness has been imputed to you. You're never, ever going to get cast out. It's never, ever going to happen. He's not even going to look at you cross-eyed. It's not even going to happen. You think it's going to happen? If you think it's happening, it's, it's, it's you. Right? Go to the means of grace. And then, and here's what happens. And we're just so blind. We don't see it. But every now and then... Every now and then we see it. Every now and then we see it. You go to church. One sermon after another is like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Then it's like, what the heck? I I think I'm getting a feeling. I'm getting this feeling. I'm getting this feeling that maybe, 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 maybe God is talking to me through today's message. It's impartation. It's impartation. It's happening. You know, we got a brother. I won't say his name. He, a couple months ago, he was just saying, "Oh my gosh, it's crazy." We, we this, this brother asked this thing, and we prayed for it in communion group. And then you know what? A, a month later, it happened. And then a couple weeks later, we prayed for this thing. And then guess what? A month later, it happened. And he went down this list. He started going down this list. We pray for this, and then we pray for this, and then this happened, we pray for this, and this happened, and then we pray for this, and this happened. He started to realize, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to pray for these things because I wonder what's going to happen next. You know what that is? It's faith. Faith that there's grace upon grace, that Christ is going to impart his power, his spirit, his heart into us. That's what's happening. And you know who gets it? Give you this, I'm going to just give you this little picture before I go to part three and then close out my message. You know, of my three kids, you know who gets the most out of me and Grace? Just guess. Right? If you guys don't know my, of the three kids, who gets the most from me and Grace? It's the youngest, the little one, Elizabeth, the most snotty one, <laughs> the most impudent one, the most vocal one. You know why? Why does she get the most from her, her daddy? Not because I, I favor her. I don't favor her. Okay, some of you are like, oh, she's so cute. Actually, Grace and I are not really cute kind of people. We're like, oh, we don't, we don't get moved by cute. <laughs> we are not, oh, that's so cute. And we're not, we're not one of those kind of people. We're like, you've been cute, annoying. <laughs> You're more likely to get my, my, my foot. Get out of here, right? So, you know, like that doesn't work in, in our house. You know, but you know why she gets some? It's not because she is good. 
Actually, Hudson and Laura are the ones who are more likely to be good, and then they chew her out because she's not. Huh? You know why she gets more from her dad? Because she just expects more. She asks her it. That's it. She expects that she can come straight up to her daddy and then say, Hey, where's my football? Where's my kiss? She's going to get a kiss. Do you, it even happens here. We were doing responsive praise, and you just know she just barges right in here, comes straight up to the front, interrupts me while I'm praising God. I'm like, oh, what the heck? I'm like, my eyes are closed. My hand is up. Like, Wait a second. What, what, what is this? <laughs> and then she comes up to me. What is that? You know what that is? She just believes my daddy will impart his heart to me when I go to him, period. That's it. That's it. In the year 2014, this is part three, I want to ask you to double down on grace. Just just one, one, one quick application. Please stop worrying about how good you're doing. Okay, I mean, we, we, all kind of, we all are like, we're not living in some la-la land. You know, we like objective metrics. A lot of you are probably, you're Asians. You're probably good students. <laughs> like, I like good feedback. I like to know if I'm getting an A or a B. <laughs> and I know I want to get an A. I want to make sure I'm not, I'm just getting a B minus. You know, I don't want to be thinking I'm like doing C plus work and my teacher gives me an A. You're a special little Johnny. You're like, no, that's BS. You're like, you know, most of you, I got it, fine, okay? But go ahead and, and check how you're doing once. And then go grace upon grace. Jesus. And then just help me see it. It's happening. It's happening in our church. Grace is happening. Grace upon grace is happening. Just seeing it. And you know, some of you just finally go, okay, well, I'm going to try it. I'm going to invite somebody to next week's thing, and maybe they'll be blessed. When they hear about how we can, it's like, actually, porn addicts can actually have some victory over that. Are you kidding? That's, that's, that's crazy. Okay, just, let's just try it. Be like Elizabeth. Just try it. <laughs> Invite your friend. You ask four of them to come. They all go, heck no. One person comes. They come. And they're sitting there, and they've got that look on their face, like, oh, my goodness, crazy stuff. Is, and you can look, see the look on their face, and you know that they, they see crazy stuff happening when Dave White is preaching next week. You know what that's happening? Impartation's happening. Okay. Greatest show on earth is happening. And you're getting it. You're right there. <laughs> so in 2014, the whole year, not just for this sermon, the whole year. See, our church, I don't, I, I'm not, we don't do salvation by grace, prod you by works. Right? We do salvation by grace, sanctification by grace, impartation by grace, Grace upon grace upon grace from the whole full Jesus. That's what we stand for. That's what we're about. So let's go eat of Jesus now. Get all of Jesus. I want all of Jesus. Right? Let's pray. Lord, um, we we have too little of you. We expect too little of you. We ask too little of you. And uh, Lord, you pour out your blessings upon wretched people. 
After they get saved, then they start actually doing strange things because they don't care. <laughs> they don't care how well they perform. And they don't care what the world thinks. Just make us like impudent Elizabeth to you. Make me more like Elizabeth to you. And call on you. And May 2014, may we become more joyful. May we become more obedient, motivated not by works but by grace. Because your heart is coming into heart, your, our heart. You have, you're imparting your heart by the Holy Spirit into our heart. And you're changing us. In Jesus' name, amen.